Do we enjoy working with the clients that we're working with? And I think that this is a really, really important question to ask ourselves. When we're in our business, you know, all day, every day, even if we're not working, you know, a lot of hours in the business, we're, you know, that is still surrounding us 24-7. Are we enjoying the people that we're working with? Are we enjoying the work that we're doing and the way we're doing it? Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. It's time for you to increase your influence, grow your business, and scale to freedom. Now, let's enter the lab with your host, Samantha Riley. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, alongside the fabulous Tim Hyde. How are you going, Tim? I'm doing great, Sam. Excellent. And of course, we've got a super exciting episode today because not only this is our this is a whole technology experiment for us, isn't it? It is. First time we've ever well live streamed to Facebook in the <coughs> Business Lab community Facebook group. Yep. So uh, hopefully, well, well, the experiment is to answer live questions. So we'll see what happens. But I'm yep. a bit excited. To do it <laughs> <different way>. <laughs> And look, to be honest, I've only ever done it once before like this either as well. So, you know, we're recording a podcast, which is streaming live, you know, obviously a week or so before it's actually released. Um, yeah. <laughs> the joys and fun of trying different things. But today we're talking about pivoting and redefining your niche or your niche, depending on where you are in the world. But before we do, we have a super exciting shout out to one of our listeners of the podcast. Jackie Coos, we wanted to give her a big shout out. Now, Jackie's a success coach and absolutely was living <coughs> and breathing what she teaches and what she's all about. And we recently did a, a 300 and something kilometre walk through England, I believe. Oh, no, look, if I want to go that far, I've got a car. <laughs> no kidding. When she was telling me, I was actually like, she actually rang me, which was super cool. We were on the phone and having a chat. There was nothing coming out. So I'm just like, oh, my God, that's crazy. However, the cool thing was she said that it was difficult, but she was listening to you and I on the podcast and we were helping her to get through her walk. So we wanted to give a shout out to Jackie and we're glad that our craziness could help you out on your walk and well done for getting that done because Tim and I looked at each other and went, yeah, not us. (laughs) That's like walking Canberra to Sydney for a wine. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's a long, that's a long walk. Absolutely. It's really, it's so, really long way. so thanks Jackie for reaching out, giving me a call. We love it when our listeners reach out and say hi. So thank you. Awesome. Now today, of course, we, we, we're talking about pivoting and redefining your target market and actually why you'd kind of do that because it, it seems a bit strange that, you know, because it's kind of one of those almost a set and forget thing when you start your business, isn't it? Well, well, uh, and, well, I don't think it is, but that's what people think it is. Yeah. They think that, you know, I'll set up my business, I'll get this niche right, I'll get the target market right. Once I've done it, we're good. And today we want to talk about how that could be hurting you and in actual fact why this is something that you need to be doing all the time. So mm. let's start off. We're really laying the foundations here, Tim. What is a niche? How would you describe a niche? Look, I describe a niche as a group of people loosely defined by the industry or demographic or psychographic or something that unifies them together. So a certain topic that they're interested in or, I mean, you've come up with some crazy niches as we've been talking in in past episodes of 
I don't know, Chinese women that do knitting no. in rockets or something. No, I don't know. Astronauts. I don't know oh, Chinese speaking <laughs> astronauts because my Chinese is really limited to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And my memories limited to normal things and not Chinese astronauts. Chinese bloody feet women knitters. <laughs> Look, to be honest, that's, you know, to be honest, if, if, that was, uh, if that was your niche, that could be a really big niche. I imagine there's lots of women in China who knit. I would imagine there are. So that's a niche. And then the target market is the people within that niche. So the actual prospects or the actual ideal clients. So what's their gender, their age? <coughs> might be even where are they located, all sorts of different ways that you can define that target market. Now, we thought, why would you redo it? Why would you refocus? And I think the bigger marketing mistake that we make is that we define our target market and our niches really far, far too broadly, don't we? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Even, even a group that I'm putting together at the moment, I was like, oh, I could talk about all these topics and, and whatnot. And I've actually come back and really renamed it very, very, very you know, neatly and discreetly around marketing automation, which is a kind of the main service offering I do. But it also starts to speak to the conversation that's going on in my customer's head. How do I better use my marketing automation technology to run my business kind of on autopilot? And it's a conversation that you and I have had, right? And I think we need to kind of pay attention to those conversations more and also, you know, almost in the margin of your notes for whatever customer you okay, just go, here's a question, here's a question, and then look through those and what are the things that my customers are asking for me from mm. How often do you do that in your business, Tim? Look, I would probably do that every week. Every conversation I, I have, I'm, I'm sort of taking notes and trying to listen for those commonalities of mm-hmm. problem and pain point. Because I think, you know, the, and again, the mistake that we make is thinking that the, our target market is defined when we start our business and never changes. Mm. Which is, and the reality is that both internal and external factors change that might, may, might mean that that target market we were going after originally is no longer as relevant and they don't necessarily have that problem that we was able to solve for them once upon a time. And we kind of need to kind of reinvent ourselves as the market is reinventing itself as well. Absolutely. And as we reinvent ourselves, it's really getting clear on the message that we're sharing because the words that we're using or the graphics that we're using or the way that we speak is going to be attracting different people. And I think back to when we opened our very first business, which was a dancewear store. We first started selling dancewear or the, the very first brand that we sold was a, was a very budget brand. And as we got into it, like, you know, a few years down the track, what we realized is that we were turning away a large part of the market, which was actually a very affluent end of the market. They weren't interested in budget, budget dancewear. So what ended up happening was about three to five years into our journey there, we actually got rid of all of those, took the top of the top lines in, and then had to redefine who's that ideal client. All of our marketing needed to change. Even our shop fittings needed to change because we were attracting a completely different market. So, you know, that's a very high level. But in our business now, I would say we do this by really having a deep look two to three times a year. So even though we're listening out all the time to what people are saying, two to three times a year, we like really stop and really deep dive. And the first question that we ask ourselves is who was the last five to 10 clients that we attracted? Because this can sometimes give you a really sort of overview of where things may have changed. Because you might notice that when you ask yourself that question now, it might have been completely different six months ago. 
So asking, you know, who were my last five to 10 clients and what were the commonalities? Where did they come from? What was the marketing source? Why did they come? What were the questions? And it can actually really shift your business further than you actually think possible by really paying attention to where those last five to 10 clients come from. Yeah. I think it's important to also kind of write down the characteristics of those clients as well, Mm. because the thing that's common between them might not necessarily be super apparent. Uh So if I look at some of my big clients right now, I've got a a personal trainer um, who's developing a bunch of online and and face-to-face programs. I've got an allied health professional who works in internal health. I've got a liquidator I've got a, um, a foodie website. You look at those, sort of just those four. If you were just looking from a high level, that's very diverse. That's very diverse, right? But you know, there's, there is a commonality between them in terms of where they are in the maturity of their business. Yeah. Okay. And they're all knowledge professionals. Uh-huh. Right? They're, all selling, they're all selling intellectual property. And so, you know, when we sort of start to peel back the layers, our, our niche doesn't necessarily have to be an industry vertical. It can be different things as well. And, and, and only by putting them down and then going, you know, taking a big marker and sort of circling around the ones and saying, I really love working with this person. Yes. Right. And it pays me what I want to be paid and I'm getting them the outcome that I want to get them. It may not be until we actually peel back the layers and look at what unifies those businesses that we've circled out of those five to 10 clients. That's the client I want to work with. Now, if that doesn't match where you were originally and how you're positioning yourself, you're going to have this disconnect. And that's when you really need to look and and start to dive deeper because there's going to be some sort of pivot or something that you need to change in your business. There's a few different factors here. Let's start off with external factors, Tim, because there's lots of different things we look for. But I think external factors (coughs) are an easy place to start. What are some of the external factors that we can look at that might have us thinking about a pivot or thinking that we may need to really redefine where we're heading? Certainly, I think economy is obviously one of them. Are things changing in the economy, um, either a result of political or technological pressures that kind of might limit the runway what you've got. For example, if you were to sell, you know, energy and be in oil and, and gas, you know, that's only got a finite life left on it. It's still a very lucrative business. But I just, you know, I was went out to a display village on the weekend just to, you know, to have a look at a few properties for shits and giggles. And one thing <laughs> I noticed that every single garage had an electricity Tesla battery pack power uh-huh. Now, I'm not sure that everyone noticed that, but, you know, this is a sort of technology, you know, we're starting to see more and more hybrid electric cars into the market. And in, I think in 20 years' time, we might not see many petrol cars at all, except mm. in classic and, and collectors. We're going to see more electric cars. So, you know, you can observe factors like that. And that's a longer time frame, obviously, but you can observe factors like that, which may actually mean the, the direction I'm heading in, you know, has, the runway is running out. Pivot to sort of you know, take advantage of all of this new technology or new economic conditions. Okay, yes. So one, things like fads, even seasonality. Yeah. And that's know, not necessarily a season, you know, like summer or, or winter, but it can be different seasons in where you are in your life or different seasons in the economy even. Yeah. You know, at a certain point in life, if you're working with 20-year-olds and, you know, you suddenly tick over 65, <laughs> maybe 20-year-olds don't want to kind of work with someone who's 65 and who's trying to speak their lingo. You might need to sort of pivot with that as well. And so there's lots of external factors that, you know, are in our markets that change the way our business, you know, in its little boat gets rocked around by what's happening externally. Even you can, even things like new competitors coming into the market as well. You, know, mm-hmm. you need to kind of shift and adapt. Absolutely. Those, those yeah. And then we've got internal factors, things like 
Do we enjoy working with the clients that we're working with? And I think that this is a really, really important question to ask ourselves. When we're in our business, you know, all day, every day, even if we're not working, you know, a lot of hours in the business, we're, you know, that is still surrounding us 24-7. Are we enjoying the people that we're working with? Are we enjoying the work that we're doing and the way we're doing it? Different internal factors can be the dollar, your income, the money that you're bringing in. If, if you're wanting to have a $10 million business and you're working with people that are trying to find work, for example, it's highly unlikely that you're going to be able to do that with that particular clientele. So you do need to have a little look. Does the demographic that you're working with align with the dollar figures or the income that you want to be pulling in? Yeah. Look, I think also things like, you know, important stuff, like if your values change, you know, I know you recently watched the game changes on Netflix. I watched it last night as well. And one of my takeaways from that, there's a guy at the end of that program, he, he talks about saying he was out there every single day protecting wildlife in the African savannah and trying to protect black rhinos and then would go home every night and, you know, put a steak mm. on barbecue, you know, thinking, oh, but there's lots of cows. And there was this disconnect between his values and what he did and kind of how he's behaving. Yes. Right? And it wasn't a whole life thing. It was just going, I need to change the way that I'm thinking so that I've got more values alignment because I don't feel good about the direction I'm going. Now, that's yeah. kind of, I guess, a sort of a diet-related thing compared to what he was doing. But the same thing, I think, can happen in your business if your values start to change or you kind of do. They're not, they're not set in stone. They change exactly. from, from yeah. influences of people that we hang out with, our, our partner and our, our business colleagues and so on. If those values change and you're no longer aligned, or what your business delivered is no longer aligned to those values, maybe you need to shift who you're serving as well. Absolutely, absolutely. It could be as simple as new skills even. Doing a new certification or adding a new modality to what you do means that you will need to pivot and redefine your niche. Rather than just trying to bolt something new on, you will need to get clarity around what do I need to do differently so that I'm clearly describing or articulating what it is that I do and who I serve. So I think, yeah, all really important things to pay attention to. Yeah, and of course, the last one, my favourite. Yeah, yeah, hang on, let's guess who came up with this one. Well, Sam, Sam wrote down, uh, one reason you should change, you know, might want to change is just for shits and giggles. Okay. And, and what, look, what I mean by that is really that you've got to be interested in your business. If you, loop, you, know, if you fall out of love with the thing that you were doing, you know, day in, day out and investing all your time and energy into making work, if you're not enjoying it, Look, time to, to look at something else. Right? Yeah, and whilst I didn't write that, I 100% agree. It's probably the number one thing to look at because you have to enjoy being in your business. Otherwise, oh, bad things can happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what? look, if we're going to do it, all right, for whatever reason, we've now decided that the market we're trying to market to, the niche we're trying to market to is no longer the one that we want to serve. What are some of the things that we should look at in terms of pivoting? So the first thing you need to do is become really, really clear around who that ideal client is. And when I say ideal client, there's a lot of people that are scared to say this in a clear way because they think that if they say, this is my ideal client, that they'll say no to all of the other people that come, but it's not at all. You will still get people that are on the cusp or on the outside of that. However, the clearer you can get on this one person, the more people you will attract, full stop, not just in that ideal client place, but also 
on the peripherals. So you need to get really clear on who is that ideal client, who is that ideal client in that they can afford to work with you, that they will get the best results. So there's a certain mindset or a certain skill set that they bring to the table. You know, do they refer... Do they pay their bills on time? There's lots of different areas to look at, but you want to work really, really clear on who that ideal client is and then adjust your message accordingly because Mm. that ideal client may speak differently to your previous ideal client. They may be looking for your message somewhere else. They, you know, they might not resonate with stories that you were previously using. They may not use the language that your previous avatar was using. It's really that you get clear on who that avatar is. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's not an easy exercise, is it? You know, we built, mm. say, a network full of followers on Instagram or on, on, on Facebook around this previous avatar. And yes. now what we're doing no longer resonates with that previous avatar. Oh, did so, you feel you know, that? <laughs> right, so, <laughs> it's not something you want to do every week. <laughs> no, no, you do not. But, you know, because we do have to sort of rebuild that, that audience of, of people. And, and that's why sometimes a subtle shift in your, in your avatar and your niche is better than a kind of wholesale redesign of it right? because it does take time to build up to where you were, where you're going. You know, your referral partners know you for one thing. You are known in the market. Your, your, your personal brand is associated with the thing that you do, you know, and you suddenly start doing something completely different at polar opposites. People yeah. get confused and say, well, hey, I thought you did this, you know. A really good example is that I was, was working with a client recently who have been in IT technology and, um, and infrastructure for a very, very long time. And they're pivoting their thing sort of shifts to more cloud-based stuff, right? So an external influence here. Yeah. And they've gone, okay, we want to move into cybersecurity because this is where we see an opportunity. And what they did was spent $20,000 going out through InMail to a market who were like, I'm a little bit confused. I don't know you for that. Why are you oh. suddenly talking to me about this? Yeah. And, and so it wasn't a very effective marketing spend. And they didn't do the work beforehand to reposition and repivot themselves so that any of those customers who were looking at them and going, what do you, what do, you do? Well, hang on. So when you're doing this, you do need to think about the transition because you can't just suddenly step into the new thing <laughs> the next day. There is a transition phase. And there's a little piece in there that I want to touch on is that sometimes your pivot will be big, but sometimes your pivot will be deeper. So it sounds like that way, it sounds like there was a bit of a sideways shift. But sometimes our pivot will be that we just get more clarity and we double down again on that avatar. So we're still serving the same target market, but we're sort of halving that audience by getting deeper again. So it doesn't always go one way or the other. Yeah, look, it's hard to do. And I think even you and I struggle to do this at times, you know, to really sort of own the fact that you don't need 100 customers. Mm -hmm. You need one customer 100 times. Yeah. And, you know, going back to episode that we talked about, you know, global, local and national business, you know, there is that one customer. There is 100 versions of the exact same person, right, somewhere out there in the world who can buy from you. Yeah, 100%. And if you really speak to them, they'll be like all over it. Yeah. When you can get that with absolute clarity, it can turn your business around and it will. It'll take your business to a whole new level because not only do people know what you do, but all of a sudden people will refer you in a way they didn't before. I was just chatting to a client yesterday and I I was sort of telling her a story about someone that I knew who is amazing at what she does. Yet when you ask anyone that she's worked with, what does she do? They go, 
I can't actually describe it, but you just have to work with her. She's amazing. <laughs> well, if you didn't know that person, would you just take that at face value and go, okay, yeah, sure, I'll work with her? It's not going to happen. It's not going <laughs> <laughs> to happen. So when people can articulate what you do because you deliver it with so much clarity, a lot of things will change in your business. Yeah. And look, look it, it is a scary thing, I think, as, as, as you and I both know, and, and many of us out there thinking about, you know, do I really niche down into a particular thing? But what if someone says no? I, I would throw it back the other way and say, what if someone says yes? You know, what about yeah. those people that all said yes, because now you're more specific? Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, and you will find them. Okay. I think the thing is that, you know, you will find them. You'll get better at delivering, delivering to those people. They'll have uh, more clarity and get a better outcome. You'll actually be able to deliver it in less time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And you'll actually grow your business. Now, I want to make a really clear point here that it is your business you are growing to do stuff without you. So it does not matter so much that it's a conveyor belt or a factory line that delivers the same outcome. Most people want that outcome and it does free us up to kind of work on our higher purpose. So what's your big takeaway from this topic, Tim? That coming into the end of the year, it's time for me to kind of relaunch. <laughs> your takeaway oh sam this was incredible. oh no it's so bad <laughs> <laughs> no, look, i think it is i think it is that the, the, the big takeaway is really to, to for people to sort of take this away is to go take the opportunity today so you're listening to this to go if i had to fire half my clients right now and work with just the remaining ones now, if you've only got one in a client, that's really hard because you might have to sort of chop them down the middle. But, <laughs> right? but if you had to sort of, if you take the exercise and go at least twice a year, sort of, sort of go take a, a marker out, write all your clients onto a whiteboard, a bit of paper, write A, B, C, D next to each of them, okay? A clients are people that you love working with. You know, B, okay, C, my life would be better without them. And D, no, I don't like those people at all. Cross out all the D ones straight away have the hard conversation with them about saying, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry, we can't help you any, you know, going forward. Um, it creates more space for those A ones. You will find a commonality of niche in those A clients. And the more you can speak to that A client, the more of them you'll attract, the more you'll enjoy your business, the more money you'll make with less effort. Love it. My takeaway is that it is really, really scary. And especially the newer you are in your business, the more scary this is because the first thing you think, I guess, is I'm afraid to turn clients away or this won't work. I'm afraid I'm going to lose money. But don't think about that. Think about just doing the job. And then the next piece to that is find someone to talk it through with. Don't just keep it all in your head. I had a, a little mastermind here at my place last week and I actually brought it up with my guys. You know, this is what I'm thinking and I just let them ask me questions so that I could articulate it getting out of my head and where I was really fearful around making a decision around something. They're like, like tell us again what the problem is. We don't see a problem here. No, so it was really helpful being able to get that out. So A, don't be afraid to double down. And then second, find people to talk that through with because you might be wrong. It might not be a smart move, but they might help you to see more clearly that it is a really good move. Absolutely. Next week, we are going to talk about how to get more speaking gigs. And I think this is a fantastic topic because anyone that has got an expert brand or, you know, a personal brand that relies on the knowledge that you're trying to impart, then speaking gigs are the, one of the best ways to get your knowledge out there and have lots of eyes find you. 
yet this is something that stops a lot of people in their tracks. I don't know how to find them. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, and after word of mouth, probably the one of the best ways to land new clients. As well. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And we'll talk about why. So if you like today's episode, we mm. would love you to give it a like, share it out. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your questions. And like Jackie, reach out, say hi. Let us know what your takeaways are or what you'd like to see coming up on the podcast. Absolutely. And look, thanks everybody on Facebook for joining in our live first live broadcast. Ah, oh, we made it. Business Lab community. It's, it's all worked. I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> I was a little nervous. I'm watching myself. I'm, I'm, there we go. I'm just kind of loop there. I'm going to watch myself, watch myself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been, that's been great. And forward to I think, you joining us all, all next time. Absolutely. Ciao for now. Discover how to grow and scale your thought leader's business. Check out samanthariley.global. Head over to Facebook and join a tribe of like-minded entrepreneurs in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community.